When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Thursday, September 6th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians salvaged the final game of the uh, Minnesota series on Wednesday. Uh, after about an hour and 10-minute rain delay, uh, they came back, and Gavin Williams pitched five innings. Uh, they win 2-1. to one. Uh, You know, it, it, can, it remains to be seen if it's, uh, you know, too little, too late. Uh, it sort of feels like it after those first two uh, losses in the series uh, where they just, you know, had their souls crushed by the Twins and the, and the Twins offense. But, uh, it, you know, good to see that the Guardians got out of town on a winning note and they do win the season series against the Twins. So if things turn around in uh, in the final 22 games here uh, and they wind up tied at some point, they do have the head-to-head tiebreaker. Yeah, that's something, Joe. I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff would have to happen for that to uh, for that to occur. I was looking, you know, if the Twins, all they have to do is split their last uh, 22 games, and that would force the uh, Guardians to win 17 of their last 22 games, you know, just to uh, beat them on the tiebreaker. Uh, so, uh, you know, that would uh, that would that would take uh, that would take a lot of doing. Yeah, it's a it, it's a long uh, you know reach. It's a long odds to to get there, but uh, again, this is an isn't a, isn't a team that's going to lose hope, and uh, they're going to continue to play uh, the string out, as as Terry Francona said uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, Will Brennan uh, really did come to play though in that uh, that Minnesota series. He provided all the offense for Cleveland uh, in the win on Wednesday. Yeah, two hits, two RBIs, uh, had a. Uh... You know, RBI single in the second inning after uh, Andres Jimenez doubled off of Joe uh, Joe uh, Ryan, and uh, then in the uh, fourth inning he doubled home uh, doubled home Jimenez again, who singled and stole stole second. So uh, you know that was the offense, basically two swings or you know four hits, two RBIs, and uh, and you know the rest was uh, you know pitching dominated by Cleveland. And uh, and the Guardians' defense uh, really did show up in this uh, this finale. Uh, you know, it turned in some really nice plays, and and kept the game uh, from getting out of hand. Yeah, two great outfield plays in the second inning with a man one out and a man on second base. Uh, you know, 
um, uh, Brennan, who, who played more right field than left field, was playing left field today, went to the line, made a sliding catch against Willie Castro, saved a run, and then uh, uh, Straw, you know, ended the inning with a diving catch in left center field, saved a run as well uh, with a, just a great catch. He kind of landed on his hip. Banged up his hip. He, you know, he, I don't, he was okay. He stayed in the game, but got a nice standing ovation when he came to the dugout. So two really good catches, you know, on consecutive plays. Yeah. I'm reminded of the, uh, you know, the, the, the phrase that Miles Straw kept repeating, uh, uh, earlier in the season when we were talking about, uh, you know, his gold glove from last year and that kind of thing. Uh, no matter how bad uh, he struggled and he's, he struggled mightily at the plate this year. Uh, defense never sleeps. Defense never takes the day off. And, and that's sort of his creed and his mantra uh, when he goes out there. Uh, he never lets whatever's bothering him uh, in the batter's box uh, affect his play in, in the outfield. And, and that kind of shows. And and you kind of, um, you, you know, you have that. Uh, there, there's a confidence there with him uh, in the outfield. It is it is kind of a joy to watch him play center field. And, you know, it's something we haven't really had. Uh, here in Cleveland, uh, you know, since Grady Sizemore. Yeah, he he really is confident out there. He's you know he's almost cocky to the to the extent you know that he he really has a lot of confidence in himself. I just wish he could hit a little better, Joe. I mean, I wish he was a hitter that you know the, that came over from Houston in in what two uh, you know two years ago. I mean, you know, there was nothing wrong with that guy. That guy got himself you know a five year twenty million dollar contract, but we haven't seen him, and I. And I, I really don't know why. I mean, has, has the league adjusted that much to him? I mean, but, uh, you know, he, I think he, uh, you know, right now, you know, it's, I, you know, you love the guy, you love his defense, but, you know, how long can this team that, that has struggled all season to score runs stay with him? Well, and, and you, you brought up that word confidence and you talk about his confidence defensively. He does not have that same confidence in the batter's box. And I think every time we talk to a hitting coach uh, or we talk to an, an, an analyst about what's what's different about Miles Straw the last two seasons, it's confidence. And that's that's where it all starts. And, and you can tell uh, when you talk to him about, you know, anything besides defense, uh, th- that confidence just fades away and it melts away. It's it's gone from his face. He he knows that he's struggling and he knows what the numbers are when he's in the box. And, and it's obvious to everybody that it's affecting him and his confidence that way. So it, it, the, the confidence that he has defensively, it, it's just not there when he steps into the batter's box. And I think that's a major reason why he's, he's performed the way he has. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's gotta be, and there's swing. I don't know, you know, maybe, you know, that it, everything seemed to change for him when they, they moved them down to the bottom of the lineup, you know, he, he he had come over as a leadoff hitter, and that's where he had most of his success in Cleveland and in Houston. So I don't know if that plays a part in it, but, you know, something has to change if he's going to stay in the lineup regular, you know, uh, you know, going, coming in, going into next season. Yeah, I, I think uh, and that's what we want to kind of want to talk about now is, you know, over these last 22 games of the season, what are some of these storylines that we're looking at and, uh, you know, that we're going to be following you know, obviously the big one, the the 300-pound the gorilla in the room is Terry Francona and, and his, you know, pretty much his stepping away at the end of the season and his retiring. Uh, you know, that's that's a we can do a week's worth of podcasts on that. Uh, but 
as far as the team itself, the roster and and the players that are here and that are going to be here for the next manager next year, what are the storylines that we're sort of following over these next three weeks or so that three to four weeks uh, that, uh, you know, will be impacting the team in 2024? Uh, Miles Straw is one of them. Miles Straw is, you know, uh, is he a, a starting center fielder and number nine hitter or is he? Uh, a fourth outfielder who comes in late in the game as a pinch runner and then uh, and then plays defense and you know hopefully there's a ball hit out to him that uh, that he can make a nice running catch on uh, the you know the next manager has to value Miles Straw's defense the way that Tito values it and I don't know of, of many guys who will, will demonstrate as much patience uh, as Francona does with uh, with Straw and and his ineffectiveness at the plate. Yeah, for sure, Joe. We've seen, uh, you know, them go with, uh, 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 you know, uh, Laureano more and more, you know, since he came, was he, he was claimed on waivers in August. Um, so, you know, I think, I don't know if the writing's on the wall, but, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, <laughs> Straw knows what he's have to, what he's going to have to do during the winter. He knows what he's going to have to work on during the winter. You know, it's not catching fly balls, it's swinging the bat. It, it seems like every off season we talk about the outfield as a storyline. You know, what's the outfield going to look like? Uh, what's the makeup and, and where can they find more power? Where can they find more hitting and offense there? Uh, Will Brennan obviously is, is, has had the opportunity this year uh, to play a lot of right field and to, to sort of have that position to himself. Uh, and, you know, I, I think he said some, some interesting things about, you know, what his, ceiling is i guess uh, out there uh for this club and and for for if they're evaluating him for next year yeah he said you know you can only be who you who you are you can only be true to yourself you can't you know put a lot of pressure on yourself to try to be someone you're not you've got to come to the ballpark you've got to have some fun and you've got to uh, you know just swing the be the be the player you know you are. Don't try to be someone else. And he swung the bat pretty well over the last 10, 10 or twelve games, Joe. I just you know I just don't think he's going to be a big power guy. It just doesn't look like that to me. Like you said, he's had you know close to three hundred and eighty at bats this year. Um, you know, with you know like three or four weeks to go, so he's probably going to get four hundred over four hundred at bats, and that's pretty good uh, template for uh, judging a player. Yeah, and, and and the problem is over on the other side of the outfield, you've got Stephen Kwan, who's he's he, he's had a fantastic first two seasons, uh, you know, by by any account, by all measures, you know, for a young guy, he's 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 been very productive, but he's another guy who profiles the same way and doesn't give you a lot of power, uh, won't drive in a lot of runs, won't have a, a super high OPS, so you know, where is that, that boost going to come from in the lineup? And it's not going to be those two corner outfield positions where traditionally that's where a lot of teams, you know, store their, uh, their, their big heavy hitting offensive players. Yeah. And, and really Cleveland hasn't had that for a, you know, for a while, like Michael Brantley, you know, probably was the last, uh, you know, kind of corner guy that could, you know, do a bunch of different things. He was, but he was more of an average hitter. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't a guy that hit 20 home runs every year. I mean, he could do it, but he was more a contact oriented, uh, hitter, you know, an RBI guy, um, you know, kind of really to an, an elite level, but, 
you know, who, you know, right now you've got, you know, if you, if you were starting the team next year, if you were starting this team next year, I think you'd go with Quan in the outfield, you know, either in center and left field and, and you'd have two, two question marks right now. Can you, you know, if, if you're trying to improve this team, you know, with a run scorer or a run producer, you know, you've got to find those guys. Right. Uh, speaking of auditioning, another storyline sort of, uh, you know, happening right now. And you brought up uh, Ramon Laureano, uh, a, a, a guy like a Cole Calhoun. Uh, Laureano and Calhoun have, have come in over the last, you know, month or so and 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 really sort of steadied the ship and, and provided the, the, you know, what this team needed in terms of uh, veteran presence. But, uh, are, are, you know, is there any thought to or should there be any thought given to maybe keeping one or both of them around uh, beyond this year? I know it's a, you know, you're not going to be handing out contracts, you know, right now for next season. Uh, but, you know, this team has really responded to, to Cole Calhoun and, and what he's been able to provide. And at age 35, he's definitely produced way more than, you know, maybe what uh, should have been expected of him at this point. Uh, does does he provide you the role that maybe like a, a Jason Giambi did uh, in in Terry Francona's first year with this uh, with uh, with Cleveland? You know, when he brought Giambi in, uh, you know, could Cole Calhoun do that for the next manager? Yeah, I mean, that that's a possibility, uh, you know. Uh, Deep down, I don't think it, it, it's going to happen. I think like he's, he's 35, Joe. I think, uh, you know, he's, he's, he, he seems to be like a Francona type player. And if Francona mm-hmm. isn't going to be here next year, I think, you know, he loses uh, that edge, uh, you know, maybe his roster spot, but, uh, he certainly has done a great job here. Uh, he's come in, he's stabilized the clubhouse, he's stabilized first base, he's given him a left handed, you know, hitter that drives in runs. Um, you know, it just depends. I, I think uh, on, you know, so much depends on who the new manager is, what kind of team he wants and, and what the front office, how much control the front office has when, when uh, you know, when they replace Tito. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of control. And I think they're going to, you know, they're going to hold the hammer from here on out. I want to remind our listeners about subtext, our subscription texting service. It's three ninety nine a month. Uh, all of the updates that we'll be getting uh, in the in the upcoming week from uh, the West Coast, uh, seven games against the Angels and the Giants coming up. Uh, also, anything we're hearing about, uh, you know, the next manager, when Tito's going to officially announce the retirement, uh, any other sort of roster moves uh, that will all come through subtext first before you see it online, before you see it uh, on any other social media. Uh, so log on to cleveland.com slash subtext or send a text message to 216-208-4346, uh, you know, to, to become a part of our subtext com- community. Uh, Hoinsey, uh, have the Guardians found their next shortstop in, in Gabriel Arias? Is this the, the Gabriel Arias that I think, uh, you know, the, the club was expecting to see at some point this year, uh, over the last few games, he's, he's really hit the ball well and, uh, he certainly makes the defense look a little different when he's out there. Yeah, you know, he, he really is. You know, they love his defense. They always have, you know, that's all we've heard from, you know, all all years, defense, defense, defense. He's finally starting to swing the bat. Um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I think if they had to start the season tomorrow, next season tomorrow, he'd be the starting shortstop. But, Joe, he's got to, you know, Frank Kona keeps saying, he's got to be the same guy every day. 
when it comes to offense. And, you know, everybody knows offense goes up and down, but he has to, you know, you know, he really has to reach a point where he can, he can be trusted on, on a consistent basis when it comes to, you know, to driving in runs and reaching base. Uh, you know, his exit velocity is, 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 is higher uh, by average than, you know, the, the other guys uh, and the other options at shortstop. So, I think uh, they love the way the ball jumps off his bat when he is selective and he, he does swing at his pitches. Um, you know, he, if he continues to do that now over the next three to four weeks, uh, you know, it's 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 going to be his job to lose, I think, going into spring training, uh, I think maybe regardless of who the manager is. Yeah, I think so, Joe. This is the guy, I mean, they've been stockpiling these guys for five, six, seven years. We all know the names. Uh, you know, we've seen a bunch of guys get a chance this, this year and uh, Arias has gotten the most chances. So, you know, they moved, uh, Ahmed Rosario to give him a chance to open shortstop up. And Arias has been the guy, the, the consistent body playing there. So, you know, like you said, regardless of the, the, the manager, I think this guy's the shortstop and, uh, you know, it's, it's his job to, uh, it, it'll be up to him to hold on to it. Assuming uh, Tito is not the manager next year, uh, what happens to David Fry and his role? Uh, you know, because we know that you know Fry has sort of carved out. Uh, Tito has said he's carved out a niche on this team. Uh, you know, he's a he's a guy who can do a, a bunch of different things, including pitching four innings of relief uh, <laughs> uh, in a in a pinch. But uh, you know, is David Fry's you know spot on this roster in jeopardy? Uh, if, if the, if the regime changes and, uh, you know, the next manager in isn't somebody who kind of understands where Fry fits and appreciates David Fry's attitude and work ethic the way that Tito does. Yeah. You know, that's a great point. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, you know, the, the thing is we, we know Tito likes, uh, Fry, what does the front office feel about them and what will they recommend to the, to the next manager? Uh, you know, right now, you know, they've got, they've got like a, a bunch of utility guys to me, or they've got, you know, whatever you, whichever way you want to look at it, they've got three catchers, right? With Fry, Fry gives them three catchers, or they've got two utility guys with him and, and Freeman. And there's probably, a, and, and uh, what's his face? Uh, Tanya's on this team too. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's almost uh, they're, this is a really young roster. They're trying guys out. They're trying to win at the same time. But uh, I think, you know, somebody somewhere is going to get caught in a shuffle when when this roster is hammered out for uh, 2024. Or maybe they, they finally, you know, package some guys together and pull the trigger and make a trade and, or, you know, pull a deal off that, you know, moves somebody out and gives him an opportunity and and sort of maybe cements uh you know Fry's spot uh, by by subtracting somebody uh, I think that might be the best way to to do that is by moving somebody else along and and making it necessary for Fry to be there. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But you know, there's a lot there's a ton of utility guys out there, Joe, and uh <laughs> I think that's a you know that's a 20 25th or 26th guy in the roster and they've got more problems uh they've got bigger fish to fry so to speak. Right. Uh, as far as the the pitching goes, uh, we're, we're going to see over these next, you know, three to four weeks, uh, maybe some sort of tapering of these uh, these rookies. Maybe you only let them go, uh, you know, five innings at the most or, you know, you cap them at 85 pitches or 
if, if that's the, a possibility, is is that something that's uh, you know on the table right now uh, with this starting rotation and, and wanting to try and protect young guys like Gavin Williams, Tanner Bybee, and uh, Logan Allen? Yeah, I think so. I, but you know, it seems like uh, you know Curry, Xavier Curry, Xavier Curry was in the bullpen. Uh, yesterday, I think he was in the pen today. Um, you know, I think maybe, uh, you know, he's maybe they've gone, you know, they've moved from that uh, six uh, man rotation that they had when when, uh, you know, when Giolito, when they acquired Giolito. And now it's back to five. So, you know, we'll see. But, you know, I, I, I do think, you know, they, uh, you know, um, <laughs> uh, Chris Antonetti was talking about that today and he said so far. The young starters have, have bounced back well. They haven't shown a lot of fatigue. Uh, you know, the, the, he didn't see a reason to really go out of their way and rest guys. Uh, and if they need it, certainly they will. But, you know, I think they'll, con- they'll continue to do this, you know, continue at the current pace right now. Uh, Gavin Williams, you know, showed a lot of resiliency in, in coming back uh, after the rain delay uh, in, in uh, Wednesday's win. So, uh, definitely a, a good sign there. Uh, let's uh, turn our attention now uh, real briefly towards the upcoming road trip. Uh, this is seven games in uh, seven days uh, in Los Angeles and San Francisco. Uh, you probably won't get to see Shohei Otani very much in that series. You definitely won't see him pitch against the Angel- when they, they face the Angels. Uh, undetermined who the, the, the starter in uh, game one of the series is going to be. Uh, so we're, uh, you know, just anticipating this is a this is an Angels team that had shoved all its chips to the center of the table at the trade deadline uh, and then just sort of kept shoving them and shoved them right off the table <laughs> uh, about a month later uh, and, and gave away uh, pretty much a quarter of its roster. Uh, what are you expecting in this series? And, and can the Guardians, you know, maybe go in there and sweep a series? Well, they, they, they certainly could, uh, you know, they, they need to sweep the series. I don't know if they can. You know, this team hasn't won more than four games in a row all year. So, you know, that's asking a lot. You know, they've never been more than three games above 500. You know, so it, it's been that kind of season for them. But I think they've got a chance to play well, Joe, and win that series. I'm not saying they're going to sweep it, but, you know, certainly uh, the Angels have kind of raised the white flag. They're looking toward next season. Uh, you know, they're out of contention. And, uh, you know, so uh, they're a team uh, that they could beat, that Cleveland should beat. But those teams are sometimes dangerous, too, Joe. All right. We're going to look forward to uh, all the updates uh, from Los Angeles, from the West Coast. Uh, late games uh, coming up uh, throughout the weekend and uh, into next week. Uh, Hoinsey will uh, will check in with you uh, before each one of them. And we'll talk to you later. All right, Joe. 